Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Nerdiest Podcast in the Midwest, an episode where we are going to Wakanda forever, the Midwestern Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, K.O. Kyle Olson. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can stream and listen to this podcast wherever you stream and listen to podcasts. I know we promised you guys a Wakanda Forever talk for next week. I'm sure you're going to get another Wakanda Forever talk next week. But we are pr- we are giving you something that we didn't think we were going to be able to give you this week. And that is... A Wakanda Forever episode. We decided to hold back on recordings this week until late Thursday night. Uh, it is well after my bedtime, but <laughs> it is a half an hour after seeing this movie for me. Kyle, you've had a few hours to uh, process this movie after you saw it. I think you're going to be leading the charge more on this than me just because I'm still processing it. <laughs> I'm still taking this movie in because this movie was for me a difficult watch at times and not not so much of negativity towards the movie just the weight of the movie um we jump right into it right off the bat when i go into a movie i get my popcorn i go and i sit down i don't touch my popcorn until the movie starts i i let the trailers go and then i and once the movie is officially starting, that's when I dig into my popcorn. I took five bites, and within like the first like fifteen seconds, I'm like, oh, and I kind of pushed my popcorn off to the side for like another twenty minutes because uh, we, we jump right into it, and so that's kind of how this movie starts. Uh, it definitely, like I said, it has some emotional beats to it. A bit of this movie was very difficult for me to watch personally um i've talked about this a couple times on the podcast but i lost my mom to to cancer and uh we're we're going full spoilers with this conversation uh t'challa dies from uh incurable disease that right away i was a big hit and then just how everybody is kind of grieving throughout this entire movie at times was a little bit too close to home for me. Um, And so there were times where this movie was very difficult for me. Um, And so I'm still processing this stuff as we're talking about this right now. I I probably will have some tears come out during this conversation. Uh, So I'm probably going to let you, Kyle, take the reins for most of this conversation uh, just for this week. like I said, you, you had a little bit more time to process this. You had, what, three, four hours at this point? Yes. <laughs> and, I've, and I've had uh, 30 to 40 minutes. And so uh, 
my general thoughts i'll i'll say my general thoughts first and then i'm kind of i'm gonna kind of turn it over to you to kind of sure. lead this the ship i really liked this movie uh it was really good it was really powerful um i'm gonna get the negatives out of the way first and then i'm gonna jump into the majority of the positives uh this movie's long this movie is almost three hours long and unlike endgame which was longer that movie with the emotional beats that it had to because that movie definitely wrecks me at times it it never feels like three hours this movie i felt like had some pacing issues um and i i felt the the length of the movie more than i wanted to that's probably the biggest negative that i have for this movie and some of the action scenes i felt like were a little too shaky too shaky cam which was a little jarring because i felt like the first movie the action was pretty clear uh and pretty well choreographed and so those are like my two big negatives for the movie uh the cast in general was phenomenal um everybody just fucking gave it their all in this movie and you could definitely tell um the music like ups the ante it's like already, the music it's nominated for two awards with their music uh the music was phenomenal in the first movie the music in this movie was absolutely incredible there were numerous times throughout this movie where i was just i was more focusing on the music than i was what was going on on screen and so that that was like a big part of it namor namor uh it's it's pronounced both ways in the movie so i guess it's it's kind of your your preference phenomenal i i was very excited for this character based off of the comic book knowledge that i have for this character in the books wakanda and uh namor's people they're atlanteans in the books uh this movie they're they're talokan so they're more aztec central american type it was very very faithful to to that source material they're they're oftentimes um conflicting against each other uh they can come together but oftentimes they they are at, at, at odds with each other and it this was a very believable setup uh in this movie and i felt for and empathized for both sides there's a cameo when when black panther finally shows up which i'm sure we'll get into i was hesitant to see this character return but I felt like they did a very good job with him. Uh, if if that's the way we're going to bring him back, I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. It it definitely worked. It made sense. Um, if you know anything about this character, which we'll get into, it, it it made. I expected him to be in the movie. I was nervous for him to be in the movie, but I felt like they they pulled it off. And I liked just the world the the world developing throughout this entire movie uh the politics of it the greater mcu throughout all of it um and then just kind of how we're left off at the end with lots of possibilities lots of potentials lots of questions a potential new king yeah i i i'm very i'm very excited for the future of wakanda uh that's my general thoughts now I will turn it over to my co-pilot. Man, there's so much to talk about. Okay, we'll start with the production. Uh, like you, like you mentioned, the music was absolutely phenomenal. Like I, like I already mentioned, it's already nominated for 
best original score and best original song in a movie uh with uh the rihanna song i I can't remember exactly what it's called but the fact that it's already like yeah like i could tell that coming out of it like i was like yeah there's gonna be some awards coming out of this because like you said there were a few times too where i just was just kind of like absorbing the atmosphere that they're creating um everything looked phenomenal i mean this might be one of the most beautifully like made movies for the for the mcu at least like just the 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 places that they made and the world that they created just with with uh with wakanda and with the underwater city which i'm now forgetting Tolokan, um just everything looked phenomenal the different shots that they were able to get especially i mean there were a lot of trailer shots that we already knew and then all of a sudden they're they 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 almost came in sporadically which was really perfect um and i mean but there were so many other shots that they that they didn't show us that they waited on that just looked absolutely gorgeous i was just that blown away i was immediately immersed into this world even it's a world that we've been living in for however many years now but the the fact that they i i was just completely sucked in and my disbelief was like immediately cut short like i was just immediately immersed into it um so everything everything like you said casting to obviously like there were there was a couple characters from the mcu that popped in that i had no idea were going to be in this movie and it was perfect because it like you said this movie did so well not only in telling its own story, which I'll get into, but also telling a greater MCU story. And I think this is going to play into the greater MCU story going into the final two movies. Like this, there's so many connections that could come out of this. It, I mean, the the different balls that they were juggling. I it, Just incredible that they were able to do what they did with everything that they put into this. The story itself... I mean, you have to go back to production in 2020, right? Like they started, I think, in the summer of 2020. It got postponed, and then there was the death of Chadwick Boseman, and then there was, I mean, COVID. There was injuries on set. There was more COVID. There was there was just everything that kept pushing this and pushing this and pushing this, and a lot of us thought that this movie might get scrapped at some point. Like, that, that, was, a, that was something going around at one point. And the fact that they're able to overcome all of that completely rewrite the script while still telling the MCU story telling I'm assuming the same story that they were going to tell with Namor um but also weaving in a new Black Panther and also more future Wakandan stuff like I I was just absolutely blown away with all the different story beats I was getting frustrated with characters in the middle of it which then were redeemed later on which was just absolutely perfect like sometimes when you're watching a movie or a show and you're following the story, you can start to get angry with a with a character, but then you can kind of like in the moment realize, oh, this is what's supposed to be happening. I'm supposed to hate this character. They're gonna turn it around. I almost like there was a, there was doubt in my mind for some of these characters, and like I thought maybe I don't know. I'll get I'll get into it more when we actually fully dive deep into some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I I was just absolutely blown away with every story beat. Every character was portrayed so perfectly uh to how they have been in the past to stay true to their character yeah everything was just amazing the mid-credit scene i cannot wait to get into because oh my god this is probably one of the best uh credit scenes that the mcu has ever done because it was almost like an immediate pickup from where the movie ended and it told it it, but it was still like a like a advancement of the mcu type of thing that we're used to it was just so amazing and perfect and i did not see it coming yeah, I, I just, I love this movie. I, I, I've i kind of come 
to a score in my head at this point that I'll reveal towards the end of the show or to, to yeah towards the end of the podcast. But I'm yeah I'm just at a loss for words right now because I just we're we're gonna dive into some of the details of this because I was just absolutely blown away with everything. So yeah, let's... lots lots of emotions flying throughout this movie and and uh, I almost thought that I might get kicked out of this movie. <laughs> I was sitting next to two I want to say high schoolers, mm. maybe a little younger. Throughout the first hour, hour 10 of this movie, they were talking at this volume. Oh, my God. And it was like, it was enough where it it wasn't constant, but it was enough where it was like every like five, ten minutes, like I can hear talking from like the left side. And it's very distracting. And... <laughs> It got to the point where it was when it God, it was probably half the movie now that I'm thinking about it, because it was it's it's when it's when the Moors uh, showing Shuri uh, Talikin. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, in in when she's in the suit and they're mm-hmm. like down in the city and she's like waving at the people like <clears throat> I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm trying to take it all in. And all of a sudden I hear talking again and I. I handled it a lot more civilly than I wanted to. The rational part of my brain was like, you need to finish this movie. You can't get kicked out of this movie. <laughs> you you can't get into legal trouble. And you need to not get kicked out of this theater for a short period of time, for an extended period of time, and definitely. And so I turned to these children and I said, can you stop talking please and i said it in a pretty close to that tone but i was my girlfriend sitting next to me and she thought that i was gonna turn and like start smacking people and she she couldn't hear what i said but she's like i thought you told them to shut the fuck up and i was like i i wanted to say those words i kept it a little more civil but i think i scared the piss out of them because all i got was a little sorry and dead silent the rest of the movie which was good you, you use the grown-up tone and they, they they listen to that apparently <laughs> so not only am i sitting there like crying oh god because yeah. of what's going on on screen but i'm also like building like this rage and as like shuri throughout this movie is starting to build a rage i'm like <laughs> i it's just feeding into me more and more <laughs> no i th- this was honestly one of the worst theater group experiences that i've had too like it was yeah. the i was i was sitting in the second to last row in the back like almost smack dab in the middle i was very blessed with my seat um but the person behind me at one point must have dropped something cuz all of a sudden there was a fucking flashlight on and I wanted to turn, stand up and turn around and say something because it was on for a good 15 seconds. I was like, is it really that necessary to pick something up right now? Um, or even if it was an accident, stay off your fucking phone. Uh, yeah, there were people behind me talking a few times. And it was like, I could tell that they were going to talk because like during the trailers, they were like, I, I heard one of them go, so where is this in the MCU? What's the next movie? Like they were talking about like the deep and they clearly hadn't. 
they clearly weren't like me and you to like level yeah. of understanding. Like they barely, they, they kind of watch and they kind of follow, but they had no idea where we were in the timeline or where we were going to be. So they're like talking and then the, and then the quantum mania trailer came on and they're like, Oh yeah, quantum mania is next. So we're going to be the, this is the last one of phase. I was like, Oh my God. And then throughout the movie, every, I could hear something every once in a while. I was like, this is partially, this is a, honestly a partial reason why I go alone because I am also tempted to talk to people and, and the people that I go with, you're usually tempted to talk to me as well. We're going to a movie to watch. Fucking shut up. <laughs> that's how exactly. I, it's, oh, it's the worst. And that's and, how it started with me too. They were talking throughout the trailers too. Uh, and I was just like, oh and my it's, God. It's the, pro- although I will say, I will say they, they played the avatar trailer mm. and then i thought they're gonna play the stupid greg marcus thing before the movie and then we're gonna jump to the movie right they played the the uh, samsung trailer for that new uh f- like flip phone oh, thing yeah. like randomly <laughs> in between avatar and then the greg marcus announcement thing which threw off our whole theater yeah because that it ended and i will say it was pretty funny. It ended, and it was like a row behind me to the left. Like some guy was like, "Oh, so it's cool because it's a flip phone," and like he said it loud enough <laughs> where everybody heard, and just fucking the whole theater started laughing. It was pretty great. Um, but yeah, that that's how it started with me too. They were talking throughout the trailers, and I was just like, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking. You better not fucking do this during the movie. And then, like, as soon as the the um, as soon as the funeral uh, scenes are done in the beginning of the movie, and then we get, which I loved the the MCU title screen, mm. which was the the Chadwick Boseman tribute. Silent. Silent. Oh, yeah that that gave me chills, and I, I'm sitting there crying, and all of a sudden, we're, we're to the ship and they're talking already and i'm like i'm like oh fucking great oh fucking great and then so my my story about the beginning of the movie it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse going to a marcus theater bistro plex where they deliver the food to your seat it's it's beautiful because normally if you go if you if you know you're going early and you can schedule your food to be delivered to you before the movie then you don't you can literally walk in show them your ticket sit down they'll bring you your popcorn and soda it's great Apparently, when I did it, I didn't time it correctly. He came in within, like, the first couple minutes, like, before the Marvel loading thing. So, like, he came in, he gave, he's like, popcorn soda. I was like, yeah, that's me. Fucking move. And then it was really funny because during the, I mean, it wasn't funny. Obviously, I'm trying to sit there and, like, I was emotional. And it's the Chadwick Boseman Marvel screen. And all of a sudden, I just hear back here, did you want ranch with your pizza? I was like, dude, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) <laughs> no more food for the rest of the movie. Oh, I was so upset. <laughs> oh my goodness. But anyway. I'm picturing I'm picturing you like like over the top emotional Andy Samberg. Like, <laughs> yes, now leave me alone. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, okay, but to dive into this, uh the first thing yeah, I do want to talk say, people yeah people came to to listen to Black Panther or Kind of Forever talk, not uh movie theater great. This is I'll probably I'll just give this preference for people who have still been listening twenty minutes into this episode. Um 
this is going to be a lot of our reactions to the movie. Our deep dive and like Marvel analysis and that kind of stuff is most likely just going to be next week. We're going to suck this for two weeks because um, then we'll probably do Andor in two weeks because that'll close up. Um, mm. Which I haven't watched this week's episode yet, but what I've heard. Mm. Two, two, I, 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 two phenomenal monologues. That's all I'm going to say. It's I, uh, I heard one line of of dialogue from one of the monologues and i was like that is beautiful writing while i was waiting and for you because i watched the movie earlier than you, i almost watched andor again <laughs> but then i thought i was gonna forget everything about the movie yeah i'm holding it off till tomorrow morning um usually the dog wakes me up at around like 5 30 when it's still dark out and so uh to avoid the glare of the sun on the tv screen i'm like all right i'll watch it when it's pitch black out and know. when when my girlfriend's still sleeping and the dog is still like, is like, I'm ready to be up, but at the same time, I, I want to sleep in your lap, which is fucking annoying because I want to <laughs> still be sleeping at that right. time. But I forgive it because I'm like, all right, I, I can watch Andor in peace and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I heard the two monologues are phenomenal. The, the one line of dialogue is, that I've heard is beautiful from it. It's... And I've heard that Andy San Andy. Andy Serkis is phenomenal. I almost said, I, I mentioned uh, emotional Andy Samberg, and that yeah. now that's all that's on my brain when I say Andy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, well, Andy Samberg aside, we are going to finally start to dive into this. Uh, the first thing I did want to talk about, you already talked about it in your part of this, the emotional part of this, and the Chadwick Boseman part of this, the T'Challa part of this. Obviously, I don't have the same emotional uh, connection that you did. I do have that history in my family, not to the same degree, but nonetheless, like, I mean, I was crying right away. <laughs> like, you can yeah. see, I think it was just, obviously, the, the situation is terrible. It was very unfortunate from every standpoint. The way that they tied it into the movie, I mean, was perfect. The fact that you have an uncurable disease in, in our world, and then you put that into the Marvel world, and you give it the, the fact that it's happening to Shuri, who is, who is uh, in canon the smartest person on the planet in the universe, and even she can't cure it. Like, that's we, just... We haven't, we haven't seen her... We haven't seen her have anything that she hasn't been able to overcome Correct. so far in the mcu they, they and, Mark, uh, or who was it bruce banner and tony stark brought her a problem and she was like uh duh this is how you fix it why didn't you two think of this like that's that's the that's the level that they have established with her and the fact that she's like panicking and she doesn't know what to do she does kind of know what to do but she can't quite get there in time which is ultimately, again, one of the saddest parts of the movie is that she does ultimately get there. It's just too late. Like, it's, I, I just thought it was so perfect, given the circumstance, that I, it was a very tasteful way to write him off. It was a very, like, the, the, for the story, it worked so well. You have Shuri not being able to do this. She loses another family later in the movie. I don't know why I'm avoiding spoilers. We said we we're going to talk spoilers. Shuri loses T'Challa in the beginning. She then loses her mom midway through the movie, Ramonda. And did she, not see that coming. No, I didn't. No. People were speculating that Shuri was going to die. Like, not no one. I don't think anyone. Which, 
She almost did, and and Which I I thought we were kidding. <laughs> and if I'm being honest, uh, I, with that with that wound, I feel like she should have. Dude, the wound too, but so perfect with who she saw in the. Vi- I dude, this movie is just so good. Um, <laughs> but I just want to touch on that, like the the story element of Chadwick Boseman and how they used it. All of the characters in this movie went through almost every stage of grief, along with the audience. But then towards the end of the movie, they all accept it. Even Shuri, who was the hardest on herself, who could not accept it, she would not burn her funeral clothes she finally comes to term with it and she accepts it and she thinks she's alone. We'll get to that in a sec too. But I like, I just thought this was so perfect and I thought it was a great message basically from the MCU saying, yes, the grieving time is over. We all can now move on as well. Like this is his, his legacy is going to live on forever. And we, this was, this was our way of grieving and now we are all able to move on with our lives. Like, I just thought it was so perfect. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to dive too 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 deep into that. Um, I, I don't know if there's much more to add to it. I mean, it. I, I will say, and this is this is my headcanon going on. I'm, I'm using one of your favorite things of headcanon. And maybe, maybe this was a line that was said and I just missed it because of fuckers talking next to me. I, I wish they would have like worked it in of like, maybe he lost the black Panther power after he got like when he got snapped. Cause the thing that I, that I had a, that I was struggling with was the fact that like, he's got the black Panther power, which seems to have like a healing factor to it after fucking shuri getting mortally mortally stabbed Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie and then is is fine um things in this movie kind of set it up where like that's kind of how i'm understanding it where like they're they're definitely stronger and like maybe can heal quicker oh uh, with that with that black panther power and so like the fact that like he dies from this disease like I, i i get that like yeah like shit like that happens like that's just kind of the world but at the same time it like i feel like you could have just thrown in a line of dialogue of like like he lost the black panther power like when he when he was snapped away like when he came back like he he wasn't as strong anymore and since fucking killmonger burned all the heart-shaped plants like we had no way to power him back up which is a big part of this movie is, is trying to to get that back to yeah. so that they can get a Black Panther again, and so, like that's kind of that my head canon like that maybe it got snapped away permanently when he got snapped away, because otherwise like my my brain's having a hard time being like well then how did he get that like what what is this disease that he had that that can overcome the Black Panther powers. And it only affects him. Well, yeah, like nobody else in Wakanda that we know of. Especially because it seemed like the the way that she was trying to go about it too was trying to quicken her research and trying trying to make the the heart shaped herb again. Yes. So yes, I didn't. I genuinely didn't even think about that because yes, he does get it back towards the end of his movie, and I'm trying. I'm like racing through the other movies in my head to see if there's ever a time where he gets it 
taken away again. And that would be the only logical thing is that when he gets snapped away, when he comes back, maybe he doesn't have those powers again, which I absolutely could make sense. Um, That's my head cannon. Yep. Because I also, I I rewatched the first Black Panther movie earlier in the week to prepare for this movie. I can definitely tell that he's, he's beef in that first movie. And I think back to when he comes back in Endgame, and he doesn't look as big and beefy. Like, like you can definitely, I feel like he was definitely sick when filming Endgame, and nobody really knew about it. Like, he oh was yeah, starting to... uh, I think that's, I believe that's tr- confirmed. I mean, he was also at the beginning of the shooting for this movie too. So, and, and so that that just supports my headcanon even further. Of like, he came back smaller than he than when he went away and so no yeah i think they absolutely should have addressed that like they uh, maybe like you said maybe there was something a panicked shuri saying something about we need he doesn't have the hurt the herb anymore like he needs the yeah that's interesting um and it it would make sense too because like you said like the beginning of the movie she's trying to recreate it so mm-hmm. why would why would we double dose him yeah with with black panther power if he already has it then yeah then uh, then that obviously wouldn't heal him unless you double i don't know if you can double it and be double as strong yeah i I feel like there was a (laughs) a line of dialogue that that was lost yeah uh, along the way um that could be i i caught that i felt like it needed but uh, i'll just headcanon it i'll 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 pull a kyle i like it that's what we like to do here (laughs) on the midwestern nerds um (laughs) All right, so let's we're we're gonna jump around a lot on this because I want to hit the big points this week for sure. Uh, talk yep. talk to me. I kind of want to take the lead on this night on that one actually. Talk to me well, about then take the lead. No, take no, no. Lead. T- talk to me about Ramonda first. Um, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I I love that she took over. Um, I'm I'm assuming that she took over during the blip too. Had to because yeah. both. Because both T'Challa and Shuri and everyone else is pretty much gone. Um, so I dude, when she walks into the to the UN, fucking power move right there. It so was like, badass. yep, don't don't fuck with this woman. And immediately all the guys dressed in black around her, Matt, they're wearing masks because they don't fucking matter. They lower their mics. They every to immediately just draw the attention to her was just Oh, so good. Um, she makes decisions in this movie that while I didn't like because of how it affected certain characters and certain people, um, I 100% like understood. Um, when again, we're we're full. I I feel like I, we're full spoilers. I, I don't know why. I know. We're, we're full spoilers. I don't know why I feel like I need to keep saying it before I drop. I'll put it in the title. I'll put it spoilers. in the title of the episode too when I upload tomorrow. It'll be spoiler um, talk. When she strips Okoye of uh, the Dormelage, not just the lead, but the Dormelage in general, like I hated it because I was like that. Because even even Okoye's like. I've gave I've given my life to this country and to this cause like and I I wanted we're not on her but I'm kind of bringing her in because of mm-hmm. because this this was a big part of uh Ramonda's role in this movie too um I this movie's 
just about three hours. And I already said that it it felt a little too long. To that point, but at real quick, time, I, for, I forgot to address this because that was something I was going to, since you brought it up, straight up, I did not know going in, wouldn't have known coming out until I looked at my, I, uh, the movie for me technically started at three. It was probably more like 3.30. Straight up did not know that it was that long until I looked at my phone and it was six o'clock. I, I... There were points where I was like, man, how much longer is this movie? But, like, almost in a good way, like, I felt like there was a lot to tell still. And then all of a sudden, like, I I had no clue and it did not to me. And a couple people that I talked to did not feel like three hours. Like, I I thought the pacing was really good. Um, But, of course, it's just like, yeah, like, I don't know who I am without this, this position and this role. I wanted to spend more time with her in that journey. And granted, we we do get a bit of time with her in that, but I I wanted more of it. But at the same time, I, like I said, like I felt the runtime of this movie. I don't know if it was just because of of the fuckers next to me that were talking throughout sure. half the movie, or if it was just like the the things that were going on in the movie that were stirring up things in me, or yeah. like shit on the outside world. I I don't Knowing know that if, you had to record after this. <laughs> I don't know if any of that was affecting it, but like I, f- I felt the runtime, um, unfortunately. And there were, there's, there's long points of this movie where like it's a lot of plot and a lot of like talking and a lot of world building, which I, I loved what was going on, but at the same time, like I felt, I, I, I was just like, man, this movie is long, like. And, and again, maybe it, it was just the emotional beating that I took throughout most of this, where we, on the drive home, I was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and now I got to go and, and talk about this movie. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I yeah. want to talk about this movie. Um, but that was a very long tangent. So, Ramonda, I understood that. the Her line that everybody remembers in the first trailer mm. That's where that line comes in, because at this point, like, the child is gone. Her husband's gone. Sure, he's taken. And for all she knows, she's fucking dead. The fact that she's like, yeah, the last bit of my family, I do not know if she's alive or not. You were the one who insisted she go to she went on this mission. You promised you'd protect her and you didn't. I would have done the same fucking thing. I would have been like, yep, you're fucking done. Get out of my sight. Like, you're done. <laughs> so I. I hated it for Okoye, mm-hmm. but I completely emphasized and understood it for Ramonda. The fact that she finds out that yeah, sure, he is still alive, and she's f- fucking taking the world down to get to get to her too. She realizes that you know her actions could cause like a giant war between not only these nations but the rest of the world too. She doesn't care. She just wants her daughter back safe. We're, we're sitting back as an audience being like, ah, smart move. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I'd fucking do the same thing. <laughs> so I completely understood. Um, and then she saves Riri. And I was just like, and when she wakes up in the water, I was like, mm, she's done. Like, I, I knew. I was like, you are too far down. Especially when, like, she was trying to get to her. And you could tell the weight of her dress was like, causing her to move slowly i was like there's no way that she's gonna get to her and that she's gonna get back up in time to make it out i thought at one point that she was gonna like throw riri and she was gonna still be sinking down there but the fact that they both get up there 
we know Riri Williams is coming back. Like we know that she's in the rest of the movie. We know she has a show coming up. So like, it was it, it was really Dude, good tension. Like they like it felt like they could save both of them. We knew that they were gonna save one of them, and it, maybe it'll work on both of them. But like at the same time, sh- like Shuri almost knew it right away too. Like and she's fighting for it and being held back by Mbaku. I just like oh my god. And fucking the more floating there with his hummingbird wing feet watching the whole fucking time and being like yeah do your grieving get that all out of the way but then you either help us or we end you (laughs) i was like oh and then just fucking rockets into the water (laughs) yeah yeah i just her last breath making that save for someone else's daughter you know like I just yeah everything with Ramonda was absolutely I when we got out of the UN scene and she hadn't made that speech I was almost like oh okay well god yeah, where I, is this I, coming then I expected that there too well be, yeah because they, they, they did a very good job in the trailer of kind of playing that over that scene they must have changed the background I almost want to go back and cha- and watch the trailer because it fe- I thought that she was in the I don't know I, yeah, guess I thought I, she was in Wakanda yeah. and I thought it was a different angle too which Trailers do this for our general listeners out there. Uh, Trailers do this all the time where they use footage that sometimes isn't even in the movie, but they use it because that the people making the trailers, they get the dailies, which is like pretty much like what's filmed throughout a day. That initial claw Uh, shot that we get. I don't think we ever got that in the movie. I think they took that out of the final cut of the movie at the, on the beach. During that final scene, she, she does do that. Does she do it? Okay, I must have missed it. Yeah, because I was kind of waiting for it. She's trying to use her 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 boosters. Don't we get it from a different like, angle then? I don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering. I think it was a different angle because okay. she was trying to use her her Shuri boosters. And then we I don't know claws, what they're yeah. called. Uh, and they're they're broken. So then she like throws them off, and then she yeah. brings out the claws. Yeah, I everything with Ramonda was just. I mean, Angela Bassett's amazing. I mean, she was great in the first movie. She was great in this movie. I just applaud her for everything that she did. And yeah, it, I, I, I didn't see it coming, but it absolutely makes sense in the story of the movie that uh, now Shuri, oh. now Shuri is in the spot where I am the queen of the most powerful nation on the planet and I've lost everyone. But then again, she also then finds out that she's not alone. We'll get to that too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Like the the T'Challa stuff in the beginning was sad, mm-hmm. and and I had some tears rolling down my eyes. But like, the real emotional shit didn't really hit until until Ramonda, and I was like, yeah. oh, like we're really tearing down this character. Like, like not only like she's literally lost everything. Also, the <laughs> fact that they had to have her funeral in the woods, not even in Wakanda because everything's flooded. Like, you couldn't do the same spot where they had T'Challa's funeral where it looks like they probably have a lot because there's a lot of statues of gods and everything. Couldn't even do it there. You had to do it outside of the city. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everything was so good. Um, all right. I we, we need to talk about now when Shuri finally create recreates synthetically the black... Uh, the, the heart-shaped herb, or heart-shaped herb. Oh, I thought you were gonna jump to Namor. I, I thought not yet. I thought we were gonna build up to this. I thought we were gonna build up. But we okay. need to talk about this because okay, your boy, your boy actually got a prediction right, <laughs> kind of. Well, <laughs> so she takes the herb, and I, I again, I, I love the story of her 
I mean, at the beginning, she's praying to boss, but she's like not. She she basically said like I don't I don't really be, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't like she doesn't really believe in all this ancestral shit. She is a person of science. Like it, it's a very interesting thing that she's so ingrained in this culture, but she doesn't quite believe all this ancestral and all this god stuff. Um, but she does, and the initial trip to the ancestral plane almost even furthers that for her because she gets there and she comes through the glass, the broken part, it's still slightly flooded, uh, of where Ramona dies, which was just immediately again, just tugging at the heartstrings. And she pops out and she thinks she sees someone sitting on the throne. But before you reveal, yeah. So when she's coming up through the water immediately, I was like, I was like, oh, she's going to see her mom. And then I was like, but at the same time, I was like, I was thinking, God, that feels too soon. Like, well, I was like, yes, that would be again. I'm I'm putting my experience into into my thought processes, too. And I'm like, what I wouldn't give to have that conversation. But at the same time, I was like, that feels too soon. Like, we, we, we didn't we didn't really build up to that and and so i'll let you continue (laughs) she sees someone sitting on the throne and unlike you i immediately knew who it was like i just in my head i was like yep we're getting him she asks if it's her mom and she said and we get eric killmonger saying what's up (laughs) cuz let's go oh yeah this Um, was so good this was so perfect they, they linger on the back top half of that chair for a long time. <laughs> and that was what, what gave it away for I me. Can see the I, top, like, I can see the top of the hair. <laughs> you, you can see the top. Yep. The hair spiking up a little bit. Yeah. We, the fact that, like I said, we sit on that chair for probably not as long as what it felt like, but it right. felt like a while, a long enough for me to be like, uh, wait a minute. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, again, the trailer doing a phenomenal job at swerving us. We get the scene in the trailer where Shuri's standing at the on at, at this throne area and all the fire is going on, right? But the reason it's happening is because she's in the ancestral plane. She's talking to Eric Killmonger, who gets manifested to him through the ancestral plane because she also took the heart-shaped herb for vengeance. And that's the reason that he took it too. And he took it when he took it, he saw his father, who he was going uh who he was going to get revenge for. And so I just thought this was so perfect because then like she, she starts to go like, I mean, he, he's talking to her like, Oh, you're way more like uh, with me than you are. You know, you're not a lot, you're not like your brother at all. And she kind of agrees with him too. And, but then she also says, I'm not, I'm nothing like you. And there's just the conversation between those two is so interesting. It, it just so good. Um, but then, yeah, like the, the doubt then builds in her head of it didn't work. Like I, I, the ancestral stuff is still, I, it, obviously that, that wasn't who I was supposed to see. My family has abandoned me in the, in the afterlife. And then she punches a fucking Dormelage suit and it goes flying halfway across the room. And they're like, Oh, you need a suit. <laughs> and it was just, uh, yeah, that whole thing was so good. I, I'm so I like glad that. that we, I'm so glad that we got him in the movie and, I'm I'm personally still sad that it's the way that they did it, but I think the way that they did it was super perfect. 
there is a way through comic nefariousness that they can still technically get him just, through. We're not going to dive into that. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> just, just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting you off there. I'm just... telling you right now, we're going to see him in Secret Wars. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Anyway. We probably will because, you know, there's a version of him in What If that still that's exists. That's true, too. There's other... This is the multiverse saga. Mm -hmm. We can easily pull one out. There, You can have a Michael B. Jordan that is a T'Challa or a Black Panther in a different universe that you can pull oh, in yeah. for Secret Wars. I felt like... I will agree. Going into this movie, all of our talks before this movie, all the times where you were like, I think, I think Killmonger's coming back. I think they're going to bring him back. They should bring Killmonger back. Every fucking time. Every fucking time that you brought that up, I and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I knew the back of my mind it was gonna happen. I just a I didn't want it, and b I was nervous of how they were gonna do it. Sure, I knew it was gonna happen because of the real world knowledge that I that I know. I know that Michael B. Jordan is in every single Ryan Coogler movie, every single one. So of course he's gonna be back. I knew that Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman were best friends in real life. So a movie that's honoring Chadwick Boseman, you're you're not going to say, yeah, we killed you off. Sorry. Like, you, <laughs> sorry, you're not invited. That's not going to fucking happen. No. So I knew he was going to be back in this movie some way, shape or form. I was nervous of how it was going to be, how it was going to happen and how it was going to be done and how it was going to be handled. But I think that they did a phenomenal job. Like they did the perfect job. Like it, it made sense. It worked for the plot. It worked for the character development. He was there. He said what he needed to say. He left. And that's, I personally feel like that's where we need to leave it. Like if he comes back and if he comes back in Secret Wars, because it's Secret Wars, I can let it slide. Mm -hmm. But if, but if you're like, oh, like, darn, he didn't make it back to his universe. So I guess he's here to stay. I might be a little disgruntled with that. This because... Gamora didn't get snapped, even though everyone else from that timeline got snapped. Yeah, that kind of Which... thing. And again, <laughs> I I have faith that James Gunn will, will figure out how he's going to make that work. I think that's the only reason why Gamora's here. Because Infinity War was when James Gunn's fired from Marvel. Mm. That time in between is when they're like, okay, we'll let you come back. And from what I knew about that and what I've learned recently with all the James Gunn stuff with DC and like things that have come out, he was very integral with the Guardians stuff in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, from what I've heard, he was basically there directing with the Russo brothers during the Guardian scenes because those are his characters. I can almost guarantee you that when they wrote Infinity War, Gamora was meant to stay dead. Yeah. And when they let James Gunn come back in, he's like, uh, no, I want my full cast back to wrap up my story. That's why she's still here. I still have a story to tell with her and Peter. Like, yeah, you need to give me Gamora back. Yeah, exactly. So 
I, I trust that James Gunn will will figure out a way to make that work. I don't want to see that with with uh, with Michael B. Jordan and Killmonger because I don't want to spoil it yet. Even though this is a spoiler episode, we'll we'll get to it at the end soon. But but the way that this movie ends and how we're building things up, um, I'm more excited for that than to bring back Michael B. Jordan just because it's Michael B. Jordan and we all like him as an actor and we liked his character. That should be enough for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I like the way that they did this. Again, there's comic booky ways that they could do something with him still in the future, even after Secret Wars. I don't know if they're ever going to touch that, but... Yes, I thought this was great. I I think I think at one point when when we were arguing about this, I probably I think I I think I remember myself saying at least he's going to be in the ancestral plane because that just makes sense. You obviously can't have Chadwick in that scene, which would have been really cool if you have the if you have what when Chadwick took the herb and he er, went to Chala does and he sees the entire like ancestors, like all of the Black Panthers and everything, the hierarchy. You could you can't do that scene. Because you can't really have Chad. We talked about having Chadwick as still a panther in the tree or something like that. But you, I this was just such a better way to do it. And then there's still teases of Shuri's strong. Like, she almost has a stronger connection. I don't know if maybe it's the way that she made the herb or if it's because it's synthetic or something. But she almost has, like, a stronger connection to the ancestral plane. Because she can almost, she can, she's seeing into it just in, like, in a moment of death, too. Like, it, there's, there's yeah. interesting um things to go into that but uh, yeah i really like how they did it i want to yes. before we move on to the mid credit scene because that's kind of the big thing that i want to talk about before we move on to that we do obviously need to talk about no more <laughs> i was gonna say there's a lot of other stuff we need to oh, talk absolutely. about before we get to that mid credit scene that's why we're doing two episodes maybe <laughs> um yes we need to talk about no more because he i mean just what a character i just what he's he's going to be such a huge part of the mcu i just i cannot wait there's so much there's so much lingering after the movie there's so much during the movie like he is he's just this he's this super caring ruler but he only cares about his people like he he clearly he sees everyone else as lesser and which is a dangerous thing to have as a as a ruler and but there's 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 room for him to be overthrown because he almost showed mercy towards the end, even though his people don't really know what happened at that battle. He had to show mercy. He had to agree to these terms, basically. But there's just so much throughout this whole movie. Brian, talk to me. Uh, there's a couple things. <laughs> First off, um, I feel like the older I get, the more that I like really just turn my brain off during these move during movies in general, but especially during these movies, because I, for a split second, I was like, holy shit. Cause everybody was talking about how they thought Shuri was going to die in this movie because it was most of like the, the uh, Shuri's going to be black Panther. Why is she going to be Black Panther? Like, that makes the least amount of sense. Like, a lot of those people are like, sure, he's going to die. That conclusion of that battle, I was like, for a split second, I was like, holy fuck. Not only are they, are they yes, going to kill Shuri, because I'm sorry, but that 
that wound should have been fatal. Not, I was like, not only are they going to kill Shuri, they're going to kill fucking Namor too. Like, they're just going to off them both. And I was like, that's how we're going to leave this movie. Like, the Talikans are going to be like, our fucking leader's dead. <laughs> and uh, you guys killed him because yeah. nobody's here to explain this. And now, not only do we not have any of the royal family left, not only does Wakanda not have a leader, but now, like, not only does, like, the world now think that Wakanda's responsible for all the shit that's gone on in this movie, but the Talicans hate them too, which a lot of that stuff, yes, I feel like is definitely going to be the third movie, <laughs> which inevitably is going to happen. Not um, only the third movie, but I think it's going to be a focal point of some upcoming projects as well. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I for for a split second again i don't know if it's just because with age or what it is but like i feel like a lot of times in these movies lately like even going back to killmonger when you were like yeah i i knew it was him right away like me i'm just like i'm just like oh is it gonna be the queen like <laughs> i feel i feel so dumb because like i and this well, because that, that's obviously what they wanted you to think as the audience member. It, it is. It is, which which I can appreciate. But mm -hmm. at the same time, and I don't mean to to sound like uh, in, superior or like mean in any way, but I feel like the general audience in those moments. I'm like the I'm like uh, Joe Nobody who's fucking talking half the movie sitting next to me. <laughs> that's that's like half invested in this movie that's like oh like is this really happening right now <laughs> where like i feel like five years ago me i would have been like i would have been like oh yeah like I, i'm not falling for this like i i know what's up and then when it when i when what i know comes to fruition I, then i feel like justified in my thoughts and now i'm just like i'm falling for the shit <laughs> and then like like i said like guess when it re when it's revealed i'm like oh but then like immediately i'm like oh come on brian like you should have known you you should have fucking known I, yeah there's there's a there was a part of me that thought like again maybe she, she must be stronger with these i don't know if it's the evolution of the herb or what it, she must be stronger because i mean killmonger got the suit got turned off but he still had the heart-shaped herb so like that that blow killed killmonger but it yeah. doesn't kill her like the suit phases over it, but it almost sounds, I don't know. I'd have to listen to the sound effects again, but it almost sounds like she has like almost like Deadpool healing at that moment where like, the, I don't know, but I, I, thought, I thought that that was just the suit. Could be like I, that, that sound, like I thought it was just that the sure. noise that like the suits make when they go on and off. Cause it immediately closes, but I'm yeah, sure like, too. Maybe she, she maybe she designed the suit where she's got beads inside the suit that automatically go to a wound or something. I don't know. Like she's could be. she's very smart. But yeah, that. But back to back to Namor. Um, I, this movie, I feel like, at least at least this movie and for me, I feel like this movie did a better job with Namor than the comics usually do um the comics he's a straight up asshole he's a dick i hear he's in, very emotional in every single comic that i've read with him in it and it's usually 
And there's been quite a few. And he usually doesn't play a, an enormous role. But he is always a dick. He is always an arrogant asshole. And not once in the comics have I liked him. Like, I'm like, I understand your your presence here and your the role you're playing. I, I still don't like you. This movie, I liked him. Like, he definitely had the, the Namor qualities that you talked about already. The fact that, like, he cares for himself. He cares for his people. And fuck everybody else. That's, that's very true to that character. But he shows a softer, caring side to his people. Um, when he's trying to... Uh, get Shuri to get Wakanda on their side. Like he's definitely um, charismatic and he definitely feels like a, a caring leader, like somebody that that is there for the people mm-hmm. and somebody that y- makes sense to follow that, that gives off the vibe of this guy cares about me. He's here for me. But, if if you're a Talican, but there is, there is a little, the scene where the the scene where Nakia saves them from Talokan and they they're Nakia's blasting a few people, right? There's that the the one uh the one person who dies from Talokan. Like Namor's there in that moment and she straight up asks him, she's like, Can you save me? And he doesn't answer and then she just dies. It was like almost like a like he I don't know, like he could have I don't know. It felt like he could have. It felt like it, like maybe she they know something about their powers that maybe there was something that he could have done. And the sad part is he doesn't know that Shuri tried to save him, but they shoot her out of there. Like there's I don't know that, that I didn't, to me I didn't I didn't read it that way at all. Really? Like to me it felt I, to, I, to me it felt like he let her die and then he just played it off with the rest of the, like oh nope she's dead sorry. I read it as like he knew that that she was hmm. that she was too far gone. But then it, I will admit it did throw me off slightly when, like, then she immediately died. Like, I was expecting, like, a, <gasps> yeah. like, at least something. But it was like, can you save me? And then, like, we get the shot of him. And then, like, we go back to her and she's dead. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, that was quicker than I thought. But the look on his face, I was like, oh, he knows. So that's kind of how I read it. Oh, where fair. it was like, I. Where it was like, I'm here for you, but nothing I can do for you. And I don't really know what to say to you. Um, And then he was like, you could see the anger then where like, he probably just wasn't even thinking to like comfort her, you know, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie, he's obviously he only cares about Talokan and his people. Like he the whole movie, he's making sure that no one knows that they're there they all know to kill the witnesses when they're at a scene they all know or he 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 keeps bartering with people like hey if you tell anyone that we exist we will wage war because that'll basically be the not the end of us but like then we're then we're out in the open and then we're just going to start enacting our plan that we have coming like the only the only thing that we have right now is secrecy the only reason that they're uh like out and about now is because uh, the U.S. is now looking for vibranium because they know how valuable it is. They know Wakanda's not sharing it, even though 
T'Challa wanted to share it. Obviously, Ramona didn't have those same feelings. Like she could have. It's been like it's been five or six years since T'Challa took over. I mean, it's been way long. Uh, yeah, since, it's been longer than that since he died. I guess since she's been queen. Um, there was the, obviously time for her to do something, and I and that that was the whole point for the UN, where they were saying we're not happy with what you've done because you you guys came out and said you're going to start sharing with the world. There hasn't been much happening and she obviously has different feelings about it and she voiced those pretty clearly um and now the u.s is looking for their own source of vibranium in the ocean and that's where the telecons are fucking just killing everyone <laughs> that's because there's vibranium in the ocean mm-hmm. which is huge because like Massive. even the wakandans are like oh like all our whole beliefs now are thrown out the window because Shatters we thought we it. were yeah. the only people who had this and now we don't and and then it opens up the question of it's in wakanda it's in the ocean where else on the fucking planet is it you know like who else is gonna find it potentially or get their hands on it potentially over in china with the ten rings who knows or you know uh, a little bit farther or a little bit west of that uh maybe in a, a country uh I don't know, Latveria, maybe? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much inter- in, so many interesting things that come out of that. But, let, yeah, with Namor, I mean, even towards the end, their obvious goal is to eventually wage war on the world and just take over, and it's just going to be a water world. He's going to flood everything, basically. Um, yeah, just which, so interesting. Which is very, very true to that character. That yeah. character is very much of uh, uh, kind of like, ocean master i think it was in the aquaman movie of like we're gonna flood the planet (laughs) uh which brings in the future story that they're probably going to tell with this if i can find the name of the person uh, i'm not even gonna try valentina allegra de fontaine there it is did not know that she was gonna be in the movie um but she was a very welcome character into this movie the ex-wife of everett ross very interesting (laughs) what huge huge Huge. like what i thought that was so cool made those scenes so much more awkward and interesting Uh, she said that and i audibly was very loudly was like what well because immediately she's like hitting on him but then she drops that and i'm like whoa (laughs) what uh but like everything with her we uh we we know that she we obviously know her connection with the thunderbolts already and we know that that movie's coming up I, I think that there's a strong possibility that the reason that they have the Thunderbolts and we have the team of the Thunderbolts that we have that everyone's been complaining about, th- she is going to, let's see here. She obviously wants a large part of the vibranium and she wants to, obviously the, the, the ocean isn't working. She, I don't know if she wants, she doesn't want to mess directly with them now that she knows that they're uh out there right she doesn't want to mess with telecon i think what her plan is ultimately going to be is turning telecon and namor against wakanda still which is i part of their plan so it's not going to be hard to do but i think she also wants to turn wakanda on each other once again a lot like killmonger kind of did where there's going to be infighting i hope they bring back the character from the first movie who is dating um oh why 
why am I spacing on her name now? Oh my goodness. I have no idea who you're even talking about, which okay. is why I'm sitting here in Ak- silence. Akoye. Akoye's significant other in the first movie. He's a really big actor. Oh, yes. yes. Um, yeah. Can't uh, think of his name real life or the movie. I, I hope that they bring him back because I think he would be a really good instigator of close, still staying close off to the world. And I still yeah. think that in I think that inter-fighting in Wakanda can still create weakness from them where then this is a stretch we're getting we're getting ross back right we're probably gonna get red hulk i just that's probably gonna happen red hulk quote unquote can attack wakanda the thunderbolts can come in and stop them that can be like a peace treaty with them but at the same time some of the thunderbolts are gonna be sneaking in the back trying to steal shit from wakanda or trying to shut down the shield or whatever like there's there's a reason that she has these thunderbolts and it's going to be like it's it's more fisticuffs, obviously. It's more sneaking around. It's more like Bucky, obviously. That's an in with the Wakandans right there. She's going to manipulate that as long as she can. It's just gonna. I, it it's almost more eye opening to why we have this Thunderbolts team. It almost like they, I get all the reveals at D twenty three and everything. They probably shouldn't have revealed that team yet. I, it makes a lot more sense after this movie, personally. You're thinking a lot bigger than I was with the Thunderbolts, <laughs> even even after seeing this movie. I think um, there's a chance she gets Namor on the team, not on the team necessarily, but fighting with them against Wakanda. I think eventually, but I feel like maybe in Black Panther 3 or whatever they end up calling it, sure. Wakanda 3, whatever. Um, I don't think Wakanda's going to be in the Thunderbolts movie, even after this. Um, I will agree that I feel like her main objective in the Thunderbolts movie is going to be to get vibranium. But I think, I think you're thinking big picture and I think we need the stepping stones to get to that big picture. I think, I think the reason why the majority of this team is like spies and assassins and like secret agent types. I feel like they're going to find vibranium somewhere else that's not Talokan, that's not Wakanda, that she's going to find out and discover, and she's going to send this secret team to go and retrieve that so that they can start making their own weapons so that, like, they can then invade either Wakanda or Talokan. Because Ross even says in this movie that, like, why are you trying to start a war with Wakanda when they can easily take us out? Like, you have no idea what their vibranium and their technology can do to us. They could easily wipe us out. It was basically the gist of that conversation he had with her. Maybe that clicks where it's like, all right, we, we found some in the ocean. Maybe we can find some elsewhere. And maybe she does. And that's, she's the one that discovers it. Doesn't tell anybody sends the secret team to go and retrieve it. That's what I would do at this point if I was writing the Thunderbolts movie. Because I feel like, and I don't want this to sound bad, but I, I feel like Wakanda's like too big for the Thunderbolts movie. Like, keep the Wakanda uh, conflicts in in the Black Panther movie. And maybe, maybe you could build up to a, a bigger MCU-type movie with this Wakanda, Talokan stuff. But I feel like the pressures of Talokan and the pressures of especially the U.S. 
trying to get vibranium. I think that's going to be the main focus of Black Panther 3. So apparently the the story that they wanted to tell with T'Challa was him coming to terms after the snap and trying to live life, yep. right? Yep. I think there's, there's a chance that they can still tell that story with Shuri after Secret Wars, where they have this big war in Wakanda, but then Secret Wars happened, right? And then everyone has to come together to protect their universe, whatever. They have that whole universal fight. But then after that, you still have to solve everything within your nation. And I think that's what Black Panther 3 can be, is them figuring everything out and living after, I mean, all the uni- all the multiverse stuff and everything like that. Like I, th- I think that's a very good story to tell. I don't know. I think we, we've seen a lot of Wakanda tied into a lot of these other movies. I mean, they go there for... Um, I mean, Bucky gets sent there. They go there for, um, I mean, it, it's one of the main things for uh, Civil War. They go there for Infinity War. There's so many, there's a lot of tie-ins with Wakanda throughout the MCU. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I think Vibranium is going to be a big part of, especially these lower level Thunderbolt kind of people. I think it's going to be a big story. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I can agree with that. I just don't feel like, them going into Wakanda to try to get that. That feels more like more on the, on the bigger scale of like Wakanda as a whole black Panther. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, we, we tiptoe into it Wakanda can be a, small a part of bit. the Thunderbolts movie. Maybe, maybe it's a middle or beginning part of the plan or something. Maybe there's more. Maybe, I don't know. I think we can wrap this up now with the final scene. Cause we need to talk. I mean, this was, I don't know if I would say it's the best part of the movie, but it's like the part that I'm thinking the most about emotionally. I mean, for the future of the MCU, so well written. I mean, this was, I could not see this coming in a million years. We get the end of the movie where Shuri goes to visit Nakia in Haiti. um, And she finally is able to burn her funeral robes, which was just such a cool scene. I thought the fact that she was on a beach, I thought we were going to get some more telecon. Like I thought we were going to get into more again. But um, she's burning it, and she finally she gets to see what Ramona was seeing. She felt T'Challa in the moment. She got to basically live through a lot of memories with him, and it was just a very accepting moment for her. And that's how the movie ended. And I thought that was just awesome. And we get like the initial credits with all the animation and the main cast, and then we get the mid credit scene, and we go right back to where we ended. And Nakia interrupts, and she comes over with a little child and she says this is your nephew the cutest little child the cutest the cutest kid who again credit to the casting looks like (laughs) t'challa like very good very good casting on the little kid um and there's just this whole emotional scene where she's connecting with him she realizes that it she thought she lost all of her family turns out she still has one more piece and this piece could be the biggest um as far as the future of wakanda as far that they 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 revealed that t'challa and nakia agreed for them not to go to the funeral they didn't want the pressure to be on the little boy they didn't want um they just didn't want to introduce him to all this right away so it was actually t'challa's plan they he set them up in haiti and they, they away from everything and he they say his name and i can't remember his um Haitian like his name. Haitian name, yeah. yeah. But he reveals that his name is also T'Challa. He is Prince T'Challa. And, I mean, Shuri just gasps. She cries. I cried so hard at that moment. But, like, 
yeah, that, that was the mid credit scene. It opens up so much uh, for the future. Like, this is, he is the future. Like, obviously, he's not going to be Black Panther in the next Black Panther movie. I think they're really going to ride out Shuri, and they're going to have a story with her. I don't think she's going to die in the next one, and he's going to take the mantle or anything like that. I think this is going to be a long-term thing. But they essentially now have uh, a, a, a future and, like, a reassurance almost for the audience. Again, like I said at the beginning, what Chadwick built... And this Black Panther franchise is in good hands. It's not going anywhere. The 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 franchise won't die. The moment won't die. Like it it, it will live on through what he has built. And it's just so. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even when she walked up and she said, "This is your nephew." I like, or I think she said, "This is your aunt Shuri." I, it didn't even click with me at first. I thought she just had a child with someone else. You had a me moment. I did. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. She had a kid. And then she, when I, it took me like a good 30 seconds where I all of a sudden just had a huge, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, holy shit. T'Challa had a kid. <laughs> like I knew, I knew right away. I don't when, know why it took me like, so long. When she was like, this is my son. I was like, oh, T'Challa fucked. Wild. And he had a kid. <laughs> and that had to be so quickly either before or after the snap. Like, like literally one or the other like right before the snap or right after the snap it's so interesting i think think it had to have been oh yeah that's right because it's only been like five it's only been like five years i think at this point i think we're still in that five to six year range and she's she's nakia tells the queen when the queen comes to haiti to like get her to recruit her to get cherry back she says that she left when chadwick got when t'challa got snapped or was that with okoye no that might have been with okoye when they were back in wakanda right but right before the the siege the siege of wakanda i think i think she said yeah i think i remember she said that she left during the snap so did so she had the kid so t'challa gets snapped back into reality and he has a kid (laughs) that can't i think so yeah, I mean, the kid, I guess, nine, ten years old, somewhere around there, didn't look five. Mm, he didn't look five. I would say, like, six or seven. He still looked pretty young. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline, man. We'll leave that to the internet's clues on fucking new rock stars. They'll probably have its exact age or something tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I love I love the future building that they can do with this. I mean, we, we obviously are building so many young Avengers. I don't think he's going to be a part of any of that. Like I said, I think they are just going, he's going to live his own life. Like we probably won't see this young T'Challa, T'Challa Jr. I don't think we're going to see him for a while, but I think way in the future, there's going to be something bad he's going to take over. It's going to be so cool. I was just about to say, we're, we're on two separate like mindsets on this. I feel like that, like that mid credit scene was them cracking that door open but i don't feel like they intend to go forward with that for a very very long time oh yeah um i think we're on the same page in that i don't know the way the way that you're talking and that you're excited about it like it the fact that we're calling him t'challa it's like okay like Everybody who's angry that we didn't recast and that T'Challa's dead and that we can't get his stories anymore, you still 
potentially can. But way down the line, way down the line, way because down. he's a young kid the, right now. We're not going to throw him into Black Panther at 13 years old. The big thing that that I keep thinking about that that was huge for me at the end of this movie that gets me excited is our future king. We didn't talk about M'Baku at all on this podcast yet, which is a shame. Oh because my god, yeah. M'Baku before this movie was pretty high up for me as far as MCU characters go. Uh as far as one of my favorites. Uh Winston Duke is phenomenal as this role. Uh he's so charismatic, owns and demands every scene that he's in. And then we get this movie where it's one of the things that I I wanted more of. Like he was phenomenal every time he was on the screen, but I he he de- his character definitely got sidelined, which made sense because again, a lot happened in this movie. This movie, uh, for me, was long enough. <laughs> Could we have extended it to have him more? Yes, and I probably there's, would have been fine with there's that. There's now two storylines that you've asked for more time for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's just saying how much was going on mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, the the scene with him and Shuri uh, before the battle, like I think that was the scene that broke me the most, uh, just because of all the things that were going on in that scene. Uh, that was the one that hit a little too close to home, where I don't really want to talk about it right now, just because I'm still processing that scene. But that that scene definitely hit me the the hardest, and it was he's in that scene, but the fact that we get the ceremony and we're like, okay, like this is what we did in the first movie. Is anybody going to challenge our new black Panther? Is this going to be black Panther? Is this going to be our King? And then where I loved that. It was like the, the, the Wakanda music, the da, 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 da. And like in the first movie, it was T'Challa. And this time it was, it was Shuri. Everybody's chanting Shuri with the da, 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 da. And like, the ship comes down and the thing comes open and that they introduce the the new Black Panther, Shuri, and out comes Mbaku. And I, I I thought it was a gag at first. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like he showed up late and then he's like, Shuri, our our Black Panther is not coming. Like we I talked with her about it. Like she she's deciding not to be here. She's not coming. So I'm here. To challenge for the throne so while shuri is currently our black panther i feel like this opens up the possibility for mbaku to be black panther because he's king and so far like in in these movies like if you're king or queen doesn't automatically mean though because remember when, when we first met king to king t'chaka is still there and he has already passed it down. You don't have to be Black Panther. There's, I think the 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 protector Black Panther and the king are two separate roles. They just happen to sometimes, uh, most of the time, I guess we'll say. Most I was going to say more often than not. Yeah. Even even the first Black Panther movie when we're when we're back in 1992, uh, T'Chaka, who is king at the time, he is Black Panther. Yes. And Ramonda. The only reason why I feel like she wasn't Black Panther in this movie is because the heart-shaped herb wasn't there. And we then couldn't have our Black Panther. And by the time we got the heart-shaped herb, she was dead. Yeah. So 
I feel like this opens up the possibility for M'Baku to not only be the king, but to be Black Panther because where where Shuri is right now, I don't know if she wants to continue to be Black Panther. Interesting. Or, or why not have two? We already established in this movie how she doesn't really give a shit about traditions. She she True. wants to do her own thing, I... make her own traditions. Why not have two? So the way I saw that, it, yes, along that same line of thinking, I just saw this as they, they obviously talked beforehand. He knew that she wasn't going to be there. She obviously, I think she talked to him before she went to Haiti. Um, I believe that they just had a talk and she, uh, again, probably something that they, I would have liked to see, maybe in an extended cut or something, this conversation, where I think she approaches him and says, you know, I... I think Black Panther is still in my family, but I don't know if the royalty necessarily needs to be. And I think she willingly doesn't show up and goes to do... Because she ultimately could have pushed this uh, this trip to Haiti off. She could have gone and defended if she really wanted to be royalty. I don't know. She probably would have won. If, if you get stripped of the... <laughs> if the, you get stripped of the herb, I'm not sure if Sherry's winning a lot of those battles. However, um, I think... I think it was a conversation where she said, you can be king. I want you to rule. You have led this nation before. You you, or you have led your own people. I want you to lead Wakanda. I think I still have a role as Black Panther and still as her, uh, you know, her scientific side that she's, that she's obviously very good at. I think she, she to me, I, it seemed like she made that decision and that she offered that to him because he was very cavalier about it. Not to the sense of like, oh, I'm stealing this from her. Where, no, where she they they, they definitely had the conversation. Um, Nakia also has the conversation earlier in the movie with with Shuri about you know there's always a place for you like in my house in Haiti. True. Part of me feels like Shuri still at this point has lost fucking everything. Maybe she just needs to like step away for a little bit and like take some time, you know, do her own thing. I just don't think you can have this. I don't. I don't think you can have the whole movie and her arc becoming Black Panther and accepting everything, and then take it away from her because I don't know if there's a place to give it back to her. Like I don't. I don't think you need another redemption story where she becomes Black Panther again. I don't know. It feels weird to just have this movie and then just kidding. We're gonna. But do again, more. The, I could see this. It too this movie. Panther. I don't know. Yeah, this movie like left it open. Yeah. Like. To the point where we can have these conversations because we don't fucking we don't fucking know <laughs> we don't know because and I feel like that was intentional because as cool as it is now to have a female Black Panther, Marvel has also got to think like, what if the majority of the world doesn't want that, you know? But they can tell whatever stories they want to tell. Again, <laughs> again, why not have both? You know. I, I'm just saying, I'm mostly saying that because, like, I would love it. Like, not only do I love the fact that, like, to me, this is, like, confirming M'Baku is going to be the king, which yes. I'm all for. Give me more M'Baku. But, again, usually, hand in hand, royalty, Black Panther, I, you, you give me that, that, just that little sliver of hope mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna cling on to it yep be- because 
again, as as little as he was in this movie, I loved Mbaku, and I feel like it. This movie shot him up higher on my list. Like, I feel like he's definitely in like top five MCU characters for me at this point. Like, I I love him. I want more of him. I've got his figure up here. <laughs> All hail the king. This is my king. Brian, <laughs> I think you're having a Killmonger moment. <laughs> I think you're hung. I think you're, and you are absolutely entitled be. to that. But I'm just, the way that you're talking sounds a lot like me talking about Eric Killmonger before this movie came out. You know, it, it could be. Uh, and <laughs> I went into this movie wanting Shuri because of, you know, the comic book history mm-hmm. and, and Shuri being Black Panther in the comics and all that stuff. And I, I love the arc that she had in this movie. And I'm not saying that I don't want her to not be Black Panther anymore. I'm just saying, you, you now show me the possibility that M'Baku could be a Black Panther. Or don't even, don't even make him, don't even give him the title. But like... Give him the powers. Yes. Because, again, in the comics, M'Baku was very much like same power level as black panther mm. like in those comics i think the mcu it, and, and again i don't know a whole lot of black panther comic knowledge but the little bit that i do have and i think i understand they've been enemies like maybe they've been unwilling allies but they they haven't been as buddy buddy as they've been in the movies to my knowledge but like, give him the herb, give him his own suit of armor, but he's he's the ape, whatever. He's M'Baku. I, I feel like he's got, like, an ape moniker in, in the books. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they have the statues in there and everything, yeah. That's yeah, like, just... They're, they're got, they don't necessarily uh, praise Boss or anything like that. They have their own yeah, so, name. So, like, make him that. Because, to me, that, that would make sense. Like, I, I get... Because again, Shuri's like, I understand tradition, but I don't always want to follow tradition. I, I kind of want to do my own thing. And especially the fact that they they are both in this movie like in council mm-hmm. with each other throughout a lot of the second half where it feels like maybe this has been going on for a while now where you know she comes to him for advice and so on and so forth. I mean, that's kind of where I thought they were going with Okoye with her like suit of armor now you know we didn't, even, we didn't even talk about the midnight angels yeah so i'm just saying like don't he doesn't have to be black panther but give him the herb and get give him his own suit keep him as king like i'm 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 golden or if you want to have two black panthers i'm good with that too all right he, <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's the just the regular panther Maybe he's not a black panther. panther. He's yeah. Could be. And then he's he's like the like a white and brown colors. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see where they go. And we're probably gonna talk about this more next week as well. We'll probably get back into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Brian, final thoughts on the movie. Um, it's good. I, I really liked this movie. I think I like it the more I think about it. I definitely want to see it again. I don't know when I'm going to get that opportunity uh, in the near future, but definitely want to see it again. Um, I still 
I still think it had some pacing issues. Like it, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I think I enjoyed the first one more. Um, this movie was good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think I enjoyed the first one more, but this movie has so much good to it. Uh, it it's an emotional roller coaster. So be prepared for that because, I mean, I thought I was, and then I fucking was not. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's definitely high up for me as far as phase four goes. Um, and I would say upper half overall MCU. Um, I have a hard time ranking MCU as a whole these days. <laughs> like, like pre end game or even just like, like up through end game. I was like, yep, I know my rankings. Like I, I can rank those how many was it 23 movies at that point yeah as soon as we started phase four and throwing tv shows and all that into it like i'm having a hard time ranking some of these because i while each one is different and i feel differently about each one i feel like a lot of them kind of fall towards the same spot for me in phase four and i don't know where that ranks overall so i'm having a hard time with that it's definitely higher than mid tier for me though this movie um after first viewing and that's as clear of an answer as i can give you on that uh definitely worth seeing i hope it makes all the money um i hope everybody sees it multiple times um kyle i know you're down in milwaukee and i'm up here in appleton but maybe we can figure out some way to get together and maybe see it together uh that could be some fun that'd be super um, cool yeah, I think that's what I got at almost midnight <laughs> at this point. <laughs> We're approaching. Uh, yeah, for definitely upper tier for me as far definitely like a second hat or you know second tier um, as far as Marvel movies as a whole go. Um, I would put it in that second half upper tier. Um, eight. I think I I landed on like an eight point five out of ten. I, that could absolutely change. I don't know, but that's kind of where I was leaning towards it, especially just coming out, talking to some other of my other friends that I know that watched it tonight. I mean, one of my, one of my buddies literally messaged me and said, that was the greatest Marvel movie I've ever seen. I was like, okay, let's hold on on that. But I, yes, it was right. great. Like I, I, I think the sentiment is there. Like when you, that, that's always a good feeling when you come out of a movie and you're like, fuck, that was like, was that like, was that top five? Like if you, when you start trying to rank it in your head, like that, obviously it, it left an impression on you. So, um, yeah, ultimately everyone needs to go out and watch it. If you just listen to this whole spoiler podcast, you're dumb first of all. But, um, if you, if you've already seen it, I, I urge you to go out and see it again. I'm, I'm going to try to get out in the theater again. Um, if I'm able to, to see this, like Brian said, if we can get together and watch it, it'd be awesome. Uh, Although maybe we'll end up being your annoying neighbors there and talking through the whole thing. But um, yeah, I, I was very, very pleased coming out of this movie. I mean, just shattered emotionally. I mean, I could, I, I heard someone give a review, a non-spoiler review before I watched this. And they said they could barely get, they could barely stand up after the movie. They were just so like, so invested and so broken after it. Like, I, I, I feel the same way. I, I cried like 10 times during this movie, probably. Um it's just it's just so good. I thought I thought the story was great. It didn't to me feel like three hours, um, and I thought the pacing was just 
awesome. It looked incredible. It sounded incredible. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I don't know where it would rank again uh, against the other Black Panther movie, but at, at the end of the day, it's phenomenal. People need to see it. Uh, before we wrap up, it's it's not a best stop because I, I haven't watched it yet, but um, there's a little movie that came out on uh, Roku, Weird, the Weird Al story. Um, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. Uh, my best friend and my brother, I told them, or I promised them that I'd wait until this weekend to watch it with him. And so uh, Weird Al is like top five for me, like music artists of all time, like big influence on me growing up. And I am super excited for this movie. And if it's as good as what I hear it is like definitely going to be talking about it on this podcast in the near future. Um, very high rankings uh, or very high ratings. I should say I'm looking at it right now. to my, to my knowledge, it's free on the Roku app. Interesting. So I haven't fully looked into it yet, but I'm assuming that download the app. Maybe you have to make an account. But to my knowledge, you should be able to watch it for free. Cool. So if that is the case, which I think it is, uh, then definitely take advantage of it. <laughs> um, it's Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Uh, and it's it's a parody on biopics Hell yeah. about the king of parodies. Yep. Like, you can't fucking go wrong with that. It's... I'm I'm so excited. Like <laughs> I I've been trying to hold off that excitement because I've been excited for Black for Wakanda Forever for a while now. Th- this movie came out last weekend. If you haven't checked it out yet, definitely do it because, like I said, uh, I can guarantee it's going to come up real soon on the podcast. We have been your Midwesterners this week. That's M I D W E S T E R N. E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our podcast wherever you find and stream and listen to podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Western Nerds podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. For your Midwestern Nerds this week, I have been Brian Stoffel. I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. A little squeaky there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. <laughs> and also featuring my cat. I'm sure you all heard her. <laughs> and whether it's Beer Brats, Comics, or Wakanda Forever. Keep it nerdy! nerdy.